welcome to Chit Chat with Hope. And good night, good night, good night. And I hope everyone is having a wonderful day thus far. Well, tonight our, our little chat is going to be about what happens when your child can no longer do any of the work the other students in the class that are on the same level, basically, academically, you know. For example, the IEP has been set and your child is just not progressing, okay? And goals have been modified, objectives have been modified, but your child has just not progressed at all, right? So what, what do you do? Because we do know, like for me, I'm going to speak for myself, that I know that um, in New York City, um, when my child was like um, in elementary school, when the ch- even when the children weren't progressing like they should, for example, in my son's class and the other um, special education class, they were promoted anyway, okay? So we can look at um, this in more than, you know, this particular topic in more than one ways, okay? For example, we can look at, um, and again, I'm going to apologize, my allergy is just going crazy because today was a beautiful day, and of course, when it's a beautiful day, you kind of dress down a little bit different, and the, you know, the weather just got colder, and I was out there being cute, and now I'm suffering. <laughs> so, so with that saying, anyway, okay, so we can look at this particular um, topic tonight in different ways, okay? You can look at it as how long has this, you know, this, these goals have been there, okay? Again, each child is different. I'm sorry, there's a little bit of craziness going outside. Each child is different. For some children, maybe, you know, being quirks and cues and redirection and all of that good stuff, they could probably catch on with two months here, a month, some maybe two days, some kids six months, some kids maybe may need two years, you know, a year and a half with the same IEP goals in place. You know, this is why for, um, I'm not sure what happens outside of the United States, but even within the United States, each state is different. In New York City, um, most kids that, um, I'm saying kids, well, you know what I mean. Most children that are in high school, the norm would be, you know, you leave school at 18 years old and you're graduating and then you're going to proceed to trade or straight into a job or college. So 18 is the average age most student would graduate from high school, you know, for the most part, that don't have a disability, okay? I'm not going to say that some children with disability won't graduate at 18, but for just this podcast tonight, I'm going to say the norm for most children without disability is 18 to be graduating from high school. Okay, and the middle school is, you know, let's say elementary, it would be 11-year-old going on 12, average, you know, and for middle school, 
because that was elementary, from middle school, the average would be going, say, in high school, which would be ninth grade, would be 13 going on 14, okay? So, you know, it'll be sliding in, in that age if everything is going the way it should be going and that particular child had not gotten left back. So now we're going to come back now to the child that may have a disability or do have a disability, okay? In New York City, most students that have a disability, they can stay in high school up until 21 years old outside of their peers, you know? So they can stay in school for 21. Now, I'm going to say that if this child is not progressing, um, let's say for the better part of, let's just say the year started last year, which was September 2021, we're now looking, we're now in, you know, in February, and this is, you know, 2022, and there's absolutely no progress at all in nothing academically. You can look at it, like I said, as well. The child will stay longer in school, so that gives the leeway of the possibility that maybe if you as a parent voice your opinion on letting that child be held over, maybe this information being repeated, again, might just be what this child need. Or you can just say, for example... You know, that's it. You know, um, he just can't learn this. And just um, continue with um, maybe scaling back some of the um, goals, lowering them, you know, and changing the objective of what the plans were. So, or you can actually ask the teacher if, let's say, for example, if the child is in fourth grade, okay, you can say, well, from September until now, this is not working. And we do know that every grade that a child go up, at some point, whatever was taught in previous grade will somewhat find a way to be connected to what is being taught now. Okay, I'm going to say that again. If the child is leaving third grade, at some point, something that was taught at the end of third grade is going to be the beginning of fourth grade. So if it was, let's say, for example, if the child was learning to do multiplication at the end of third grade, okay? Or let's say the last two months of third grade before the summer vacation. When that child enters into fourth grade, that last part of third grade is going to somewhat become the first part of fourth grade because now they understand that it was in the summer. Some children go away to camp. Some children are busy enjoying their summer. And that six week that they're out of school, maybe we need to touch up a bit on the, what was last taught. So third grade is going to be taught over maybe for the next six weeks or month of fourth grade. So, like I said, for example, you can be that parent that said, well, you know what? Maybe my child is not connecting with what is being taught now because it's fourth grade because maybe they have forgotten what was taught the last two months of third grade. So maybe you can scale back a bit, maybe a year, 
back, go back to third grade and see what can be accomplished. See, for example, you might not have to change the IEP, but maybe you can speak to the teacher and say, you know what it is? Being that she's not really making or he's not really making any leeway as far as meeting any of our goals, and it's already the year's, you know, it's right there, you know, we're looking at in the next couple of days, we're looking at March. You can basically say to the teacher, you know what, why not give her third grade work and can we meet again in two weeks? You know what I mean? And then maybe you can ask for homework if homework was not being sent home that you can see if the connection between not understanding fourth grade work and the fact that the summer break and nothing wasn't going on within the summer and the child might have forgotten what was taught and fourth grade now is really hard because it's almost as if everything is foreign and they just cannot catch up on that because what was taught was lost. Um, My opinion in this is that's why I think it's very important that even though um, a lot of parents, when the teachers might say, well, you know, the child has to clean out their desk or their cubby or what have you, where their um, classroom work was being done. Most parents might think this is cluttered. I don't want it in my house. It's just too much. It's too much papers. But believe me, I've kept all those papers. I'm one of those mothers that have kept all those papers And I'm not going to tell you that every day I was like bashing my son, you know, let's go learn. You have to do this. But I can honestly tell you, every other day we went over something. We went over the math that he probably was struggling a little bit with because it was the last two months, three months for the year to school year to end. We went over that. Okay. Um, If reading was always, he had to read an hour Every day. Okay? So that helped. And not reading only to himself. He had to read to me as well. And what I did was I read back to him. So we were working continuously. So when he went to the other grade when school is, you know, get back to resume, he was, you know, even if he was a little bit off on some of what was being taught, it wasn't too far along before he would catch on and be okay with it. So maybe if your child is not getting anything at all, and it's been since last year, September, maybe the child had forgotten what was taught in third grade that need to be connected to fourth grade or for whatever grade. Maybe the child has forgotten what was taught in seventh grade that needed to be connected to eighth grade. You know, so we can take it in... It's not a negative, you know, it might not be a crazy positive, but it's not a negative, you know, because it's a possibility, you know. I went on maternity leave, and um, prior before I went, they started a new computer system where you had to log in and paper less, and they weren't using paper. I'm going to tell you right now, I couldn't remember my password. I couldn't remember my password. I couldn't remember it. I had to go to the guys that, um, that dealt with the computer and all these, you know, technology, and they had to help me to make a new, you know, to make a new password because I, I was home with my baby and I was home for what? I wasn't home. I was home. 
I was home like three and a half months. I wasn't thinking about work. Forget about that. I, six weeks. I'm, I'm just, uh-uh-uh. I was home for three and a half months. Oh, my numbers are getting off. Three and a half months. I left in March. I didn't go back until sometime in, after July 4th. Okay? So I have forgotten. I forgot everything. I left, you know, like, he was born the 22nd. So I left, you know, the 21st. And I didn't go back until after 4th of July. So, I mean, when I got back, I didn't remember anything. So just think, because I, that school, I mean, work was not my priority. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. You know, I was busy admiring my new baby. And that's the same thing with the children, you know. They're, they're off for six, eight weeks, depending on, you know, where you're living. And, I mean, come on. They're swimming. They're going to visit people. They're sleeping late. They're doing nothing but having fun. They have not remembered. So this is why it's very important for you to keep back some of those schoolwork and, like, just work with your children. Just work with them. Don't have to be every day, but at least twice a week. Just, you know, today you do a little bit of math. Tomorrow you do a little bit. And you can make it fun. Math could be baking, um, baking pizza and, and, you know, measuring the flour and, and learn. And when it's finished cooked, I mean, when it's finished baked, you know, you, you cut it up. And it's, you know, it could be three-eighths. That means three people it had a slice. You know, you could do fraction. You know, you can do subtraction just for the heck of it, you know. And then we have to remember that each child learned differently. So I don't want anyone to feel like, okay, well, since, you know, it's going to be a year and you haven't learned, so just forget it. Just, you know, you'll never learn. No, we always have to keep in mind that some children... are going to learn, at a, all children learn differently. And some children, not to say that they regress, they just won't remember because of that big break. So we have to remember that some of those junk that those teachers sent home, they're not junk, they're treasures as long as our children need them. You know what I mean? So the most thing you can do is you can go and get you one of those bins and keep all those papers in there and you keep them and you keep working with your children. And I, I do. You know, now I don't have to. He's in high school and he, learned, he knows more than I do at this point because I don't know anything about chemistry. But, you know, that's neither here or there. But what I'm saying is that... Um, you keep them. You keep those papers, right? The, whatever your teacher gave you back, that was the last two months, three months of that, that um, your child's grade, um, grade level that they were now. Because they're, they're going to fourth grade or whatever grade, but they actually only had been taught third grade and the last two or three months the teacher touched on the basic of some of what they might have learned, what they will be learning, Okay. So you hold on to those papers, you do a little bit of your little something with them in the summertime, and then when school start, when you start seeing the connection of some of the things that you were teaching them, you still hold on to those papers until you are assured that your child have completely understood the connection of what was taught last semester and now the new semester and the new grade and possibly new teacher.
when this happens, now we're, we have already spoken about the lower grades children, you know, like elementary and middle school. Now we're going to talk about, we're going to hit on high school, okay? Okay. Again, I'm in New York City, so I'm not sure what goes on in different states or even different countries. However, I know um, we haven't done this particular program that I'm talking that I'm going to talk about right now. That we have a very nice program in New York City for um, special needs um, young people when they're in high school, and um, we haven't had the program because of the pandemic. And of course, most of these programs that um, that they do have in school, they usually have it where the um, young people can get a connection with a job you know, like job readiness. So like for two hours, they would learn academical stuff and turn in homework. And the rest of the day, they would be put in a department where they can actually learn a job skill that they can actually get a job. Now, let me continue. You have your, let's say you have your, um, your child and your child is in high school and they're just not having a good go at it. You know, you let ninth grade go by and you'd be like, okay, well, it's ninth grade. You know, like all parents, including myself, we usually say, well, it's just ninth grade. It's going to be a rough year, which, you know, for most kids, it does it does appear to be very rough one way or the other, whether it's a social thing or it's an academical thing or it's, you know, it just gets rough because at that age in high school, you're noticing more and more that you're different from your peers, Right, And they're noticing more and more that you're different from them as well. So now we get to the fitting in, not fitting in, you know, the liking boys, liking girls. You know, it's just so many things floating around in their head except, you know, for the most part, except what needs to be, (laughs) you know. So anyway, right, let's get serious now. Come on. (laughs) So anyway, right, if you see where your child say, have hit 10th grade, and still they're struggling. If there is a learning slash job readiness program that your child's school is associated with, that that might be excellent for your child. Because the students that I have seen that have entered this particular program and they come through my department and we're kind of like mentors along with their teachers. They come with a teacher. They come with a paraprofessional. It's probably about only 10 of them come per semester. And the principal visit the school, the psychologist visit the school, the guidance counselor visit. I'm saying school. Visit the job. You know, visit my job. And they do have private time. So if they were getting, you know, if they were getting... Any kind of counseling, they still were able to get it, and it would be done privately, right? The principal would also come because the job readiness and the school continue, which means the child will graduate. It's just that the schoolwork was limited. It wasn't as much as what the other students were getting in the classroom on an everyday basis because, of course, they were learning differently, and the... um, and the focus was now on them learning, but also learning a job, a job that they could possibly start doing when they finish high school, okay? So, and for two hours in the morning, they would do academical work, they would do math, reading, they would get um, 
help from the teacher that was assigned, which he stayed with them the whole entire time. The, um, the power profession stayed, so they had support from the school and as well as they had support from the staff. Okay, some would be sent after their, um, they have been in service on the do's and the don'ts. They were sent to particular um, departments, right, to see what best fit them, right? And some were sent to um, physical therapy, and their job would be to be escort, which we know that's a real job. You know what I mean? It's a real job. You don't need a degree. You just need some social skills, you know, like, you know, manners, good morning, I am so-and-so, and and I'm going to take you to your therapy. And for the most part, they only took one resident at a time, one patient at a time. Um, in any hospital or nursing home or health facility, the, the, the floor that the person is on is always on a tape on the back of their wheelchair. So it was very easy to remember, right? So they would go and they would get people, bring them to therapy. When the person's therapy would be over, the therapist would remind them what floor they need to take the person to. They'd bring the person back. They would go to the, um, to the nursing station and say, hello. I brought back Miss So-and-so, and then they would give, if they would remember the name, if they could remember the name, that would be good. But sometimes they can't until they get to have a relationship with this particular person. But the therapist would write the name on a piece of paper, and they would pass it along to any staff, mine, you know, me or anyone else. And they would be like, oh, okay, okay, you need Miss Smith. Then they would say Miss Smith is in 201. And they would go into a one and say, good morning or good afternoon, Miss Smith. My name is, and I'm here to take you to physical therapy. And they would go. They would go. So that's actually a real job. And at the same time, they're doing enough schoolwork, and they'll still get, they won't get a high school diploma, but they'll graduate from high school. But the point, what I'm trying to make is, right, Usually, a lot of the job site usually hire these young people. My particular job hired um, a lot of these young people in physical therapy. A lot of them were hired in engineer. They were taught how to um, to add. Um, they were taught how to put the oxygen. I don't know what you call that thing that the oxygen tank actually fill in falls in, you know, that you put it in. They were taught how to screw that on to the wheelchair. They were taught how to do different things to the wheelchair. You know, they were taught how to drill different, you know, just do different things. They were taught how to use the drill. They were taught how to use the electric, whatever they, whatever consists of needing to be done to the wheelchair, they were taught that. Okay? They were taught that. So PT, Therapy usually hire a lot of these young people. Engineer also hire them. And dietary hires a lot of them. And what and why you know it works well? It's routine. When they're hired by dietary, if they're assigned in the kitchen where they have to wrap the spoons and the forks and put it in a plastic bag. It's a very important job. If you don't get one of them on your tray, if you're in the hospital, you're going to have to eat with your hands. So it's an important job. They might be assigned to do that. They might be the runner. 
as far as the um, the dishwashing um, machine. So they might be the person that have to stack the plates and stack the spoons and forks in the right way and run it through the machine. Again, that is a very important job. Someone needs to do it. You need cu clean cups. You need clean plates. You need, you know, you need silverwares, okay? So I'm not sure if they have anything like that where you live, but that is something that um, could be done for... Um, a young person that's in high school, if you've probably seen for, let's say, for example, some schools do not leave children back if they're in special education. They'll just pass them along to the next grade, just pass them along to the next grade. So let's say, for example, if you've noticed that since middle school, you know, your child really had not been making any progress as far as making... Um, you know, academically, they just have not really been doing well in meeting goals. And if they do start a goal, it's never really completed, right? So if you've been noticed that since, let's say, for example, since eighth grade and ninth grade was the same thing and now 10th grade, if there's a program where your child can also do schoolwork, still stay connected with the school because the school is very much connected to the program because the school have assigned a teacher, to the program and a paraprofession, the principal visits. Okay, so your child still take um, school pictures. They will be invited to the prom. They're still a very, very big part of the school. Parent teacher meeting, that particular teacher that's there will be there and the parents can also talk and get a feel of what their child is doing at the job site as well as, you know, the two hours that they spend every morning going over schoolwork. Some people might say, well, you know, two hours is not a lot. But let's say, for example, if your child was going to school, I don't even know the hours, but I'm just going to say five hours. <laughs> let's say if your child was in school for five hours and your child was not learning anything at all, two hours is a big deal if they are learning. That's just what I think, okay? So sometimes it's not the amount of hours that we're talking about is the hours that the child is comfortable and actually is bonding with that one teacher, bonding outside of that, that classroom, and actually is learning. And they're learning a lot. They're learning how to keep a job, get a job, stay in place. You know, you can't act up. They're learning to be mature. Because even though they're maturing, it's a skill to it. You know, you can't throw the glass across the, the you know, the, you can't throw the, 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 the glass on the floor because, you know, the supervisor spoke to you in dietary. So they're learning how to communicate in an appropriate way, even when they do not like what was said to them. They're learning how to hold back on aggression and go to the teacher, and then the teacher might come and speak to the to the supervisor and remind them, you know, you knew that this child had a disability. I'm not going to go into telling you what the disability is, but you knew when your department said you wanted um, someone to assist in the kitchen. So this is what it is. So I'm going to ask you if you have something to say to him. I'm just going to say, do it in your office, away from other people, and just pick your words and just remind yourself that he or she 
is processing it differently sometimes than what you're saying. They're taking it more personal. So we have not had a problem with any supervisors or, you know, the kid, the, the, they just bloom to the point that, I mean, I have seen several and I, and I, and I got to pinch myself because I, I can't believe that they actually was in the program. They're like little experts. They are now working. There's one in the kitchen that he, he's working, he's in the union. <laughs> you know, they get sick days, they get holidays, they get vacations. They get the, they are now staff, regular staff at the facility. So maybe that might be something that if you have an older teen in high school that you might want to look at one of these programs, if they have them in your school. If they don't have them in your school, maybe you can um, maybe you can ask your principal or ask your district if they can um, if they can put together a program such as this because it works. Because some of the children that were that were in this program, we had to stop because of the um, pandemic and you know it just didn't work. So we'll hopefully, when all of this blows over and it's done, we can resume. But let's say, for example, right? Let's say, for example, that your, your district decided that this is a really good program, right? And your child really take on a really good work ethic, right? And this is what your child actually wanted, to work. Believe me, they will get all the support they need wherever they're working. And again, this is a super, super wonderful opportunity for a young person to get in. Because once that work program is, is in effect, they don't even really bother these children, these student young people. <laughs> they don't even bother them for high school diploma. Because they've been doing, let's say, for example, they've been there two years, you know, giving their service. You know, they get a stipend. They don't completely doing it for free. They're not really paid, paid like a lot of money. But they get a stipend from the city, okay, or from the state. I'm not sure. But they get a little, and that stipend might be for bus, you know, bus fare, you know, um, their lunch, you know, like in between. But the But what the gist that I'm trying to get here is, don't sit back and not do anything at all. Look at the situation. You know, like I always said, don't look at the situation with your heart because it, that will fail you. Your heart will, will fail you because you're a mom, you're a caregiver. Your heart is going to fail you. Don't look at the situation with your heart. Look at the situation with your brains. You know, become, get into lawyer mode. Okay, forget about mama, daddy, you know, grandma. That's not working here because we're talking about futures, okay? So either you're going to understand that, you know what, if there's such a program, let's try it. If there's not such a program and you think that what I'm saying right now of this program that I'm talking about with a school and a, and a, um, a hospital, a job, a healthcare place can actually put together a restaurant and th the children can learn and then later on have that skill. And if they're hired there, they're not asked about the plumber or anything like that because they've been there two years. They've been there until they graduated from high school, okay? Daycare, all these different places. If you think something like this can work, 
where you live, maybe you should speak with your um your district, your school district, and see if you can get something like this because this is really unique. You know, it's really unique. It's just that it works. It's not going to work if it's a place that only um, will allow one, let's say, one student to be. It's not going to work. Because remember, a teacher and a para have to be there, and it has to be where it's a classroom environment. You know, it has to have a place where that teacher and para have two hours where they're not being disturbed, and it's understanding that these first two hours that they meet, they are giving a, a time that they have to have breakfast, which is provided by the facility, right? And lunch is provided by the facility. But they are given a particular time, right, that they are given their, their breakfast time, and then they are given two hours of none. They cannot be disturbed. They're in school. After those two hours are ended, they go to their respected department and they are taught, right? So maybe this might work for someone that's in the 10th grade going to the 11th grade. And, you know, from 9th grade, 8th grade, you've noticed that it's just not working. So you're not going to take your child out of school. If there can be such a program, why not put your child in that program? And let's see how it works. So it just have to be a, a, a facility or a business that will take at least eight students. Because then the city can say, okay, eight student is a classroom as far as special education. And that teacher will get the same amount of pay and the parent will get the same amount of pay. And they're off whatever holiday the school is closed. They don't have to show up for work. And then in the summertime, if they are chosen to work, you know, if the city, they have the job, um, we have summer jobs, and then again, this is New York City, we have summer job where all students, when they, um, at 14, if they have their working papers, they can get a job. If your child is, is, um, is picked to work in the facility, then they'll get the same salary that their peers without disability are getting for those six or eight weeks for the summer. So, um, like I said, you know, the younger the child is, you're going to have to try different things. You know, maybe go back to the last grade the child was in. You know, maybe just have that child repeat, just continue the, the year and just have that child repeat the whole year over just to see, okay? Because remember, like I said, the years that they stay in school is a lot, maybe two, three years longer than their peers without disability, right? Or like I said, in high school, personally, if I found if I was in um, that position where I noticed that for the last, say, eighth grade, my child was not making the, you know, the the goals that were being set or the objectives needed to be changed several times or for whatever reason, right? It is what it is. We just got to accept our boobies, our babies. You know, we got we to gotta accept them, right? So it is what it is. We got to work with what it is. We can't work with what we would like. We have to work with what is and see what happens, right? If the gate opens, then we continue. If the gate doesn't open, then we have to find a way around, okay? So... I would suggest if your school can get a commitment from a hospital or a daycare or one of those places that will have a room where they can get their two hours worth of, you know, teaching, 
where there are psychologists that can come and counsel them, where the principal can come and see them, and, you know, all these things are set where this is happening, because remember, this is actually work, but it's also set up as a classroom. They don't really have a classroom, but they need to have a location that they can be at as a group. When they're eating, right, when they're eating, they eat at the same time, right? So let's say they all eat at 1230. It has to be an area where they can sit together, you know, and talk. Maybe they want to talk about, you know, their job that they're doing, their location that they are, and that's and that's what I want you to look at. Okay? Don't look at your you know your child is failing or you're failing or the school is failing. Let's look at the what it is and let's work with the what it is. Okay? So I just feel that um I'm going to say it again. I feel that if your district or the country that you're living in, because I know that quite a lot of people out of the United States listens to my podcast. If the country that you're living in um, don't have programs like this, um, I would think as a parent, as a caregiver, please go to your district and see if you can implement these programs. See if you can, you know, see if you can get someone on board with you. Because a lot of our young people have a very hard time finding jobs because they really don't have any skills that are marketable, right? But if they're in an industry that they're learning to assist someone, that is a job, okay? That is a job. So why not? Why not have them learn that job because if they're not going to go on to college, why not give them a real skill? You know what I mean? Why not give them a real skill that at least when they leave, if this place don't hire them, they can go somewhere else and be hired, right? So again, I'm going to leave you with these thoughts that never give up, always trying to find I know it's a lot of keys to open some of these doors, but always try to um, get all the keys and see if one will turn and that door will open. So either you let that child stay for the rest of the year with their peers and you hold them over and let them start a new, the year again. Reassure them that, you know, you didn't understand some of the work last year, but you're going to be staying, you're going to go back to the third grade or you're going to, however you want to explain it. But just already let them know that I'm not going to take you out of the class now. You're just going to finish the, this year here and this is what's going to happen next year. And you keep reminding them in the summer, lovingly, you know, encouraging them, letting them know you're proud of them, and we're going to try again. We are going to try again. Do not ever put it on your child alone to do well. It's always going to be a we, okay? We're going we're gonna to pass math, okay, because we're going to study together. We're going to do well. Next year is going to be our year. Always make it you and them. Never just make it your, you know, well, you need to pass math. No, we need to pass math. We need to just... Buckle down. We. Make it a we because then when you make it a we, you don't put a lot of pressure on that child. And for one, it's more encouraging knowing that 
you're in it together with this child, okay? So um, as usual, sending you hugs, sending you lots of love, sending you encouragement. If there's anyone that you know that these podcasts that I'm doing weekly can encourage, do me a favor, pass it along. Pass it along. Now, I bid you good night and never give up. Never give up. Keep using and finding keys. And sometimes you have to make keys, but keep going. Keep going. Love you.